movie. But it's not it's something special. It's a mediocre movie. This is so amazing. It's a mediocre movie. Hi, and welcome back to At the Devil's Ball, where we talk about horror in a uh, positive, constructive manner. As always, I am Samuel, Samuel Numine, and with me is my co-host and founder of The Feast, Nathaniel Johnson. How you doing, man? Uh, doing well. Doing well. I'm uh, I'm on a lot of Benadryl. Um, yep. I always like to mention that stuff. So, hmm? Just in case. Just in case. Right. I always like to mention it in case, because also, like, if I start sneezing and stuff, uh, I'm going to try and mic- mic- mute my microphone, but I'm not editing it all out. So that's like work. I'm not that's that. fair. Yeah. yeah. That's, so, but I also like to, I also like to kind of put it at the top of the show in case our listeners would be like, you know, wow, he just started sucking all of a sudden and be like, well, uh, that's what <laughs> I like to yep. put in that, put in that disclaimer. In. Yeah. I like to put in the disclaimer that like, hey, my performance may in fact be affected. So right. um, if I'm going to perform, I'd like to be fine. We only have so many hours. And I'm coming off an eight-hour sweaty shift where yeah. I've had to work yeah. in 90-degree yeah. heat. Yeah. Know? That's what I mean is I was like, yeah, we can't uh, – we only have so many hours in which uh, we our schedules intersect. So right. it's not like I can be like, well, my allergy is really bad. Let's do it tomorrow. Like we don't have that kind of right. time. So yep. – um, but yeah. But anyways, this week we're doing uh, – we're going back to the well of Creep Show for Creep Show 2. Mm-hmm directed by michael gornick um the i don't know do you, you think it's a late sequel i mean it was like you know f- five years later it's kind of oh i mean i guess to get there i guess under normal circumstances i guess so right. yeah yeah um five years is a, is a long time but it's not quite yeah. considering the current standards that's not oh that yeah late at all. current yeah. day and age but in in the eighties, I feel like if it was been five years, like you're not just not just not getting another sequel at that point, you know. Yeah, yeah. Usually, Definitely. usually these kind of things, you know, came every couple of years, unless you're, you know, I don't know, uh, the Last Crusade or something, you know, Indiana Jones. Right, right. Yeah, like later installments can come later. Like right. if you've got a franchise, you can go many years right. before you do them but yeah yeah going from one to two in a five-year period is definitely unusual especially since especially since they already came out with tales from the dark side you know the tv series before this and it's you know yeah yeah kinda. but anyways yeah we're going back in for three more tales of terror mm-hmm. so we want to do the vital stats and we'll just roll this sucker out yeah let's do that um as ever mentioned it is uh was directed by michael gornick uh, whose major claim to fame outside of this, I think this is his only feature film he directed. Uh, he did um, some TV, Tales from the Dark Side, Golden right. Years. Um, some more King adaptation stuff, actually. Um, but as uh, but uh, George Romero wrote the screenplay, um, which I had forgotten until I watched it just a couple hours ago. Um, and uh, it's uh, there's also a Lucille Fletcher who was, according to IMDb, she was uncredited in the actual film. And uh, Stephen King is is credited with stories, even though only one of them is actually an adaptation. Um, for a major cast, we have George Kennedy. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Lois Childs. Uh, we've got uh, Dorothy Lamour. We've got, uh, let's see, we got 
Jeremy Green, Paul Satterfield, uh, Daniel Beer, a uh, whole bunch of people. Uh, and then we have notable cameos by Stephen King himself and Tom Savini under makeup as uh, the Cretan. Yes. In the couple of live action spots. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a much tighter cast. Uh, in many ways, I think it's a much tighter film. Um, yeah. But I, um, in terms of general impressions, I mean, I just watched it, um, mm-hmm. finished it like 45 minutes ago. And um I, I I didn't like it as much this time. I don't know what you thought. Uh, um, I mean it's I like it, but um it's it kind of pales in comparison watching it so soon after the original creep show. Because I mean it's it's just such a smaller film, such a different film, uh that I think it suffers in comparison to the to the original. Um Yeah, I, I think um I think what is this me... this feels more like a like a, a TV movie almost. It does. Yeah. In a lot in of ways. ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um I was just about to say because you bring that up and then I'm like, actually, except for the effects work, which is Howard Berger. Right. Um and uh another guy did it with him. I can't remember the name. I have to find it. Um but yeah, the uh uh Everett Burrow. Ever, Ever Everett Burrow, yep. Yeah. Yep. He was credited as being the other guy and Ed, Ed French. Right. Um, and and uh, Nicotero was in there. Nicotero well. was in there. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, the, um, the thing about this time I was watching it going I, that. Uh, I, I think it's a good film. Like, I don't think it's I don't think there's anything actually like wrong with it. Mm. It just feels very as the kids say now, like they, I think they call it mid mid yeah yeah i can see that uh, like i was watching being like this is a is a you know a perfectly fine three-star movie i think but mm-hmm. um i think it played a hell of a lot better 20 years ago when i was a kid right like uh now as an adult i'm watching it and going this is this is fine right um you know and if uh, you're watching it you're a lot of times you're like i could just be watching the original creep show again for the right, right. 20 millionth time instead of this for the fifth five millionth time yeah yeah. Yeah, this was another staple I think of late night cable. Right. Um uh and I think uh, a lot of conversation I think uh probably rightfully so begins and ends with the raft, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's probably the strongest segment. Right. Um even though there's some weird things about it um that haven't aged well. But um but yeah, so I mean we open with this movie with uh, uh, a boy sees Tom Savini in makeup effects as the creeper. He throws some comic books at him. Right. Uh, we jump into an animated sequence, which the wraparound is all animated mm-hmm. in this particular film, which is another odd except choice. for the wraparound for the wraparound, which is right. live action. <laughs> right. Like the first two minutes and the last two minutes are live right. action. Yeah, and then the rest of it's all animated. Um, there's some very strange animation. I don't yes. know how I feel about it. Um, every time I watch it, I'm like, is this good animation or is this bad animation? I can't tell. You can never tell. Right. Um, what do you think? I, I, think I, I think it's good, especially for the budget. Um, can't remember. I really should remember who animated it because I have a, a still from it on my wall that I oh. bought off the guy. Um, oh, <laughs> of the, yeah. Of the creeper. 
of the creep. Um, but I I think it's good, but it's not like you know Disney or like Don Bluth Studio is good. Yeah, it's like you know direct to video good or or. Well, I remember um when um watching the Star Wars Holiday Special, the uh, the Rift Tracks mm-hmm. version has animation that's very similar that shows a lot of facial movement and stuff. Right. And they, they make a joke in the Rift Tracks version where they're like, you know, this animation sucks. Don't you agree, friend? Like, no, I agree. Actually, I disagree. It is, uh, it's uh, stylized. And stylized. Interesting. You know, and I was like, and they're joking around about it because obviously they're right. gonna, they, they, they think it sucks. But um, I, so that I feel the same thing. I'm like, on one hand, this is very technically sound animation right. you know we're showing like full-on facial muscles moving in this animation mm-hmm. which is really weird uh yeah. and it becomes very uncanny valley i think where it just starts getting like you're like i can't tell if i like this or not like part of this really kind of bugs me um but as uh, the ending of the wraparound sequence is something that would be very very difficult to film live right. action at least the way they intended. Um, although theoretically, um, Rick Catazone okay. was the was the guy who designed and supervised the animation. Okay, and then he had two guys working under him uh, who did actually did the animations. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, so yeah, for like a crew of three people, I mean, I think it's it's quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, and um, like I said, I guess I can't ever quite put my finger on it but i'm like is this good or not like right um i think like i said i think it ends up becoming technically sound right or i'm like it's really kind of impressive animation but it mm. looks too weird i think and i think it rubs me the wrong way i don't right. know what what is your experience on that dude well i mean it sounds almost like a microcosm of the movie i mean yeah where you're like you know is this is this a really good film or is this just like a competent film? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's maybe falls most of the time into the competent category. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think you're right. I think competent's a good word. Uh, it's uh, the whole film really is just right. is sort of is competent. Um, it's uh, actually I think the script is probably a lot better than the actual film itself. Right. Um, I think it's missing. Like we talked last week when we talked about Creep Show mm-hmm. about the fun, right? That's coming from this, uh, and it's just it's this movie doesn't seem to have that, no. Um, and um, and part of that is, but so part of I think what makes the animation sequence weird is it seems very out of place in a movie that uh, is more interested in being a little bit more serious, serious. Yeah, right. yeah. It, it wants to be a little darker. Um, I think, or at least it can't quite rep if it wants to replicate. I can't tell if it wants to replicate the original sense. I think humor. the I think the wraparounds are are really where that sense of humor comes into play. Yeah. Um, like you said, the 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 segments themselves are a little more serious, a little more dark. Yeah. Um. Although we'll get into it when we get into the actual segments, but there's actually yeah. some variation there that I kind of like. Um, yeah. Whereas, and and especially in in relation to the original movie, where like, yes, all the segments were different and all the segments had their own qualities, but um, 
they they all felt of a piece and this one feels more like an like a true anthology where it's like you know it could be anything they're they don't feel like they're, they're the same movie yeah they don't feel connected yeah you right. probably could have had just a they probably each could have been made by a different set of filmmakers and you probably wouldn't even right. notice yeah um to the point that i remember when i was thinking before i watched the film mm-hmm I think I already knew, but I was thinking about that. I was like, did they do that with this one? I can't remember, but no, they didn't. Yeah, no. It's all the same. George Romero screenplay, right. Michael Vornick directing. Um, and, um, and so Romero is a pretty solid writer, so I think he's ri- written some pretty good pieces, but uh, yeah. it just doesn't quite... There's a disconnect happening somewhere between the page right. and on screen, and I don't know if that's on Gornick or if it's on cast or what's going on, I- but- I think it's just a little bit on everybody because I think Gornick is a good director. I think he knows what he's doing. And yeah. um, George put him in charge for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I was watching an interview with George Romero on Creepshow 2 last night. And I think he put it best when he said that, um, you know, the core family that was there for Creepshow 1, like it all splintered and moved, moved on yeah. by the time of Creepshow 2. And, you know, he was running with the same group of people from, like, you know, Dawn of the Dead up through Day of the Dead. And then they kind of started splintering off into their own, doing their own things. Um, so I think this this kind of suffered, but it didn't have the same group of people, you know, right. there. At least not all of them. Yeah. You know, you have two of the Beatles instead of four of the Beatles, you know. Right, or, right. Yeah. And then you get uh, Paul McCartney writing, like, a post 9-11 freedom song right yeah that's not great um yeah it's funny actually that you say that that's it too in that interview because it was one of the things i was thinking about while watching the film this evening was going was saying Mm -hmm. it almost does feel like this this movie was sort of like like ian malcolm saying uh you you uh, so preoccupied with whether or not you could you didn't stop to think if you should right Uh, like that there's a feeling of i'm like did no one stop to think maybe we shouldn't make this film because of <laughs> material this isn't that strong? Um, right. Because I think feels- I think any all three of these would make excellent episodes of Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, um, you know. yeah, but yeah, the uh, yeah each each one would make a uh, I think a solid episode of a TV series for sure. Um, right. And um, the raft's a cool ass story by itself, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just actually reread that story this evening too, but which right. we will we'll get to. But yeah, the film, uh, the film overall does feel like it's a, a compilation of stories that don't really connect very well, with sort right. of a half-assed kind of animated wraparound yeah. to kind of try to bring it together. And what ends up happening is a perfectly acceptable little horror film that doesn't really right. stand out in any notable way. And right. It's it's still a, a fun watch, but I think that it's 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 not the sum of its parts. Like there are parts of this that right. really work, and then there's stuff that doesn't. I think all the stories right. generally work okay. Yeah, but um, I I think and also um, if if they were able to do, you know, even four stories instead of three, or you know, like five, like they did with the original. I think it would actually help the film out a lot because um, some of them are stretching to hit 30 minutes, you know? Yeah. 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 Most. 
Actually, yeah. like two out of three. Pretty much all of them, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say the raft probably is the only one that's running at its actual runtime. Right. Um, Because it's, uh, I guess I read the story and it's ostensibly that. Like, there's a few alterations, but mm. generally speaking, it's it's a pretty faithful adaptation. It's not that long a story. Right. Um, That would easily translate into 30 minutes of screen time, and that's about it. Yeah. Um. The, the third one in particular, I think the Hitchhiker is definitely stretching some. Yeah, it's 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 time. a one note gag that yeah. goes on for a while. It goes on um, for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's uh, start off with uh, was old Chief Woodenhead. Old Chief and, Woodenhead. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, starring uh, the wonderful George Kennedy. Right. And you know. It's not the strongest story in in the bunch. Like I like you said, I think the raft is, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's a great opener because they have their best cast members in this one. Yeah, um, and their only big get, which was George Kennedy, mm-hmm. um, and you know, him and I can't remember his wife's Dorothy, name, Dorothy Lamore. Yeah, Dorothy Lamore are just you know awesome in it. Um, and it's got a weird kind of wistfulness to the opening uh, half of it, you know, where it's like this rundown town and, you know, they're kind of all sad because, you know, this town is dying, mm-hmm. um, which is not something you'd expect from a creep show. It almost feels like an episode of Amazing Stories up until Chief Woodenhead uh, comes back to life. Yeah, or- yeah. Well, Lois Childs is like a big gap, but we'll get we'll get back right. to her. But yeah, she's actually top billed in the picture. Um, mm-hmm. over George Kennedy, but yeah, um, jo- yeah, George Kennedy is playing a. Uh, it's a. It's a fast. It's an interesting story because it's actually. Uh, uh, what interests me about it is you've got a basic premise of you have a very nice older man who mm-hmm. is trying to help out his community, and any other film would have uh, put a cross around his neck, right. And had him being like, but Martha, you know, we, we yeah. Jesus do, you know, um, right. It's a little, it's so, but this movie doesn't do that. He actually is no. just a generally a nice person. His wife, it makes a, a good argument of mm-hmm. maybe we should stop uh, yeah. before we run out of everything. Um, you know, yes. Uh, you know, this has been a, it's been a good place to be. Right. But it's not anymore, and we probably should kind of pack it up. And he's like, "But we, what we happens? Can't. What happens to the town? Right. Like, what happens to these people? Like, if I don't front them groceries, yeah, you know." And they, a lot of a lot of other movies would make her the bad guy too. That's true. You know, they would make it where you know she's like a shrew or just like you know, yeah, doesn't care at all about the time. But she's just you know, she cares for the town as much as he does. She just cares about him more. Right. Right. Yeah. We're, we're going to give, we're, we're on the verge of giving, we're probably already past the point of giving too much to the community. Yeah. Um, which she actually says it's been five days. Yeah. Five days in which, uh, since someone paid him in cash. Right. And four weeks since anyone paid in credit. Right. Um, to the point where we get, definitely get the impression that this guy is putting stuff on the tab. Mm-hmm. with no intention of collecting right uh he's he's just trying to do right by his fellow man and god bless 
I, I yeah. think that's that's wonderful. Um, and it makes him very, very likable, especially in and it's again, it's funny that we've talked about this before with certain movies that have a certain political bent mm-hmm. or social commentary. This movie's made in 1987. Right. Town's still drying up and dying. <laughs> now. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, 20 The only 20 difference is there's no store in the universe that gives you credit anymore, you know? No, no. I mean, I, you might in some very small towns, uh, like right. where, I, where I grew up in Maine, you mm-hmm. know, um, a lot of the island towns would still have credit, but they cut you off. Right. You know, if you don't pay. You yeah. Know, right. But they will, they'll run it for, for the local locals and then be like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, but at some point they'll be like, you don't get to get anything else until you pay your tab. Right. But, um, but they, uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's, it's a, it's an interesting aspect to, to talk about, um, social, socioeconomic problems, right? Uh, that in 1987 that mm-hmm. haven't changed much. No, if anything, they've gotten worse. They've gotten worse. Yeah. Right. Um, except I think that everybody, it, the, the towns look less dead. Right. Um, yeah, they have, you know, chain restaurants and you know stores but you know yeah yeah no economy to speak of yeah yeah exactly like you got you know you have still that that this little town that's dying dead river Mm -hmm. uh is what i think what they say its name is what as you said it would still have a walmart you know right it would still have a mcdonald's and that would actually be what closed out this his store would be the walmart in our actual yeah reality Well, yeah, he probably wouldn't still be there by the right. point the, the point that, uh, but they imply that he had, uh, they have had pr- pr- uh, previously been extremely prosperous, right? To the point that he's not super concerned, but she's like eventually, because he says we have savings, right? You know, we're probably going to be okay, but yeah. then she says, but if you keep going, we're going to lose that too, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we will lose everything, um. And uh, it has a really, uh, but it, it does build to a very, very nice scene with a local chief of the Native American tribe, which again is a nice little socioeconomic statement about right. what's happened to Native tribes in mm-hmm. uh, in America. Who comes in and gives him uh, precious jewelry from all of the different families from the tribe and says, mm-hmm. if you will, um, you will hold on to this. He says, uh, we don't pay you in two arn. Is that what he says? Two, two autumns. Two autumns. Okay. Yes. Two years. Yep. Uh, okay. Two years. Um, by the way, the, uh, much like the first group show, the version mm-hmm. on shutter, mm-hmm. the sound quality is fucked. Really? Yeah. You can barely hear the dialogue. I wonder why and, that is. What are you I doing? Shutter? What, yeah, what's up? Know. Shutter? Yeah, it's you okay? been, it, it seems to be just those two films too. I, the right. other ones seem to work fine, um, and I couldn't seem to get subtitles to work in the group show too. And you know, it's all it's it's weird that that their version is is fucked up because I I would assume that it was the same, yeah, um, same uh, remaster as like I have on Blu-ray, probably. You know? Yeah, yeah. So why is the sound all weird? You know, I don't I know. know the music. You know? music and sound effects still were uh still mm-hmm. at the proper at the appropriate level but dialogue is just way low huh. 
So I'm like, I'm like, I know I'm not going insane. Right. Um, because I'm fiddling with the dialogue and like the music's just like banging me over the head. And I'm like, why can't I hear anybody talk? And Um, the music isn't exceptionally loud in in the movie to begin with. So it's not, you know, no, it's not one of those, you know, quiet, loud movies, you know. No, I'm just, but I'm just pointing it out in case I get something wrong about putting dialogue because I couldn't hear half of it. Um, yeah, and for whatever reason, I couldn't, the subtitles wouldn't work. And so I was like, okay, I don't know what's happening. Um, right. But okay. So two autumns, two years. You should, you should have watched it on YouTube. They have it, uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tubi has a copy too. I looked it up. Apparently they might have it as well. Um, I was actually listening to the YouTube version of it at work tonight. Oh, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, he gives them the precious stones and says, "In in two years, uh, if we don't give it, you keep them, right? And you sell them." Uh, and they have a great uh, where he does obviously the the nice man thing, where he says, "I can't do that. They can't take right. these." And he has the the chief has the great line of dialogue, I think, where he says, mm-hmm. "It's one thing to borrow, and it's another to beg." Right. If we give you this, we're borrowing. If you refuse it, we're begging. You're making us beggars, right? Yeah. And, um, and so he reluctantly accepts it, but, um, and they have a nice thing where his wife is like, you know, you just proved me wrong. Right. You know, that people will continue to take advantage of him and you just show up and say, here's us not taking advantage. We are actually going to, uh, make a pledge to, uh, to do right by you because you've been doing right by us. Um, however, then that's dropped because their deaths really don't matter because then the two couple, the couple gets killed. Mm-hmm. Um, old chief Woodenhead comes alive and kills the three guys, the three men who, who, uh, murdered the couple. Right. Uh, but it seems to be about the gems, not about mm-hmm. the kindly old couple, which is interesting, but what do you mean? Oh, you mean he came, he came back to get the, to get the gems? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's weird. It's it mm. weirded me out because also then at the end the chief goes up to t- you know is like thank you chief Woodenhead and I'm like but two right. people are dead. Do you care about that? Yeah. But um, I I guess I never read it that way. But I think you know I it definitely can be read that way where it's about the gems and not the not the people. But yeah, because it, it, it takes the time to bring it back to the chief. Right. Yeah. Covered in blood. Um nobody's and uh you know the chief never at the end the the act the the human chief doesn't mm-hmm. like mention the deaths of these two people who were really right. nice to him you know you'd think he would have made a i i mean i guess it's you know you got to do your story in 30 minutes but, yeah but it would have i i just kind of felt like it would have been nice for him to have said like you know thank you chief Woodenhead, and also thank you george kennedy right like, you know I'm sorry you had to die. Yeah. Um, the story is very EC Comics. Mm-hmm. It's probably the only one that is. Right. Um, other than a couple moments in The Hitchhiker, which we'll talk about. But um, this movie is very EC Comics. This is like, you know, bad guys do something bad to, to good people and get mm. punished for it, at least allegedly. Um, right. Where, um, uh, and, uh, it still does that thing that some movies like to do, which I, I I don't know if I how I feel about it when most movies do it, which is these three guys aren't the three men who who attack the couple aren't there to mm-hmm. attack the couple first of all, they're right. there to rob the couple. 
uh, the actual death of the wife actually occurs more or less by accident. Mm-hmm. And then he kills the other kills George Kennedy because right. uh, he, he can't have witnesses. But yeah, um, the movie goes out of its way to sort of say maybe these guys aren't aren't evil. And um, gives them I, I don't know if I sympathy is the right word. No. It doesn't. It does, but it doesn't condemn them either. I think, like, it's really, it's like, you know what I mean? Am I making? It sense? gives them. It gives them some characterization. I think is what it does. Yeah. Okay. After that. Yeah. Um. Which you know, and it gives them kind of like you know, um, normal mundane lives. You know, they they're not all living like you know the bad guys from the crow or something like that, where they're yeah. just you know, snorting coke and you know doing bad stuff all the time it's yeah it's not the one the one yeah yeah, the one guy goes home and watches you know like an old western show Mm -hmm. and gets murdered and then the other guy tries to sneak out of his house and you know without his parents finding out you know it's 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 normal people stuff yeah um so i i think yeah i think i don't know if it's it's going out of its way to make them to not condemn them, but it's definitely not condemning them, you know, overall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it also gives them a chance to give them each their own scene when which they get killed. So I, that is, which is the point. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and in fact, that might be, you know, kind of, I think what you meant when you were talking earlier about how every single episode, every single episode of this film is, is stretching out that maybe this is the one that stretched out a little too much at the beginning. Right. Um, maybe we spend too much time with George Kennedy, mm-hmm. but, um, but how can you not? Cause I mean, you know, yeah, those two are just wonderful together. Yeah. And they are, they absolutely wonderful yeah. together. Yeah. Um, you know, you had mentioned in last week's episode that, um, uh, you know, there aren't any nice people in, in creep show one, you know, mm-hmm. this one starts right off the gate with like, you know, three nice people yes and, yeah you know yeah yeah and uh well i mean uh, it wasn't so much nice people it was innocent people right um but in this movie we absolutely have an innocent person mm-hmm. and it is george Kennedy. Right. like he does absolutely nothing wrong um not even not even in the uh in the grasping at things like we did with kind of Jordy verrill in the first movie which is right uh george Kennedy literally does nothing wrong in fact he yeah. does everything right he's actually a very yeah. nice man right. um the only and thing so, you can even possibly like, you know, stretch yourself to say that he did wrong is he didn't close up shop, you know, a year ago. Right. But because he know. wanted to help people. Right. Right. Um yeah, it's uh but yes, we do have our our, our one innocent victim in creep show in this film. Mm-hmm. And I think that even includes the Well too. I mean, because I think the wife is an innocent victim as well. Yeah. But I mean mm-hmm. in the in the sense of EC comics to a degree, I mean I mean, yes, she is, mm-hmm. but she's also uh, in again by creep show rules. She's also advocating for the closing of the shop, right? So, and then the the chief is is she points out the chief is uh, running on a chauffeured car, right? Um, she says limo, but I'm like that's not a limo. I don't know what that is. Not a limo. He's got a chauffeur. That's for sure. Yeah. but yes, it's but a beat up old you know Buick from the fifties. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, uh, unlike in first group show, but again, this movie is not that interesting. EC comics morality. Right. Um, 
is interested in Stephen King morality, right? Uh, which are two very different things, but um, which we'll get to. But uh, I think, but yeah, the it's it's just yeah. I mean, so the characters, the, these these bad guys are given this level of of characterization, mm-hmm. but it kind I, you wonder. I kind of wonder why. I think that's what I'm trying to right. get at. Yeah. I'm, it's a good question. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Because exactly ultimately why. they just get murdered by old chief Woodenhead. So I right. mean, like, why aren't they just frothing at the mouth? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, because also the movie doesn't, but also the movie doesn't want to go too far in the other direction, which is mm-hmm. this is, and it, it, it would be at least initially somewhat seen as a crime of desperation as most crime is. Right. We're talking about a completely destitute community. Mm-hmm. It's actually not that, uh, unlikely that somebody would think to try and rob the only guy with money left in town. Right. Um, however, they kind of point out that that's it's that like it's not useful. It, it's like they don't have any real actual money. Like, right. You know, uh, there's no cat. He pulls out. He pulls. What but they have the, the gems. And they've got fifteen dollars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then they do imply that's what he was there for. Mm-hmm. Um, although why he didn't open with that is another question. But yeah, yeah it is you know, kind of weird. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna go through the cash register and ask her to go get her purse. And I, which of course this time around, I'm watching it, he's like, "Lady, I saw a purse back there. Why don't you go get it?" I'm like, "Why didn't you take it while you were back there?" <laughs> right. Uh, no, he wanted her, to make her get it. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, no, you insufferable prick. But yeah, but he walked through the back apparently. Right. So it was like, why you just open the purse and take stuff out of it then? Well, because the other the other part of it was he wanted to intimidate these people because he felt slighted that he was kicked out of the store earlier. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 But still, it would have been like it still would have made more sense to be like, hey, that satchel of gems, hand it right. over. Okay, we're leaving. Yeah. Um. And then that's, also get the register while you're there, just you know, because but, which has fifteen dollars in it. So right. it well, you know, they matter. don't know that. You know. Yeah, yeah. But he opens it up, pulls it out, just all the cash in there. It's like right. three fives, and I'm yeah. like, oh well, successful score, bro. And then, but George Kennedy lies and says he doesn't have any money on him, but they pull a couple of loose bucks out of his pocket. So you know, yeah, well, that's true. There's a lot. Yeah, but um. But yeah, it just it struck me as a little odd that uh, you know if the the purpose of the crime was to take the gems, why they didn't open mm-hmm. with hand those over, right? And why okay. did the other two know about it? You know, yeah. Why didn't they know about it? Yeah, I don't know. I guess they just thought they were gonna. I, I think the implication with the other two is that they were just sort of told they were going to be stealing supplies for their trip to L to Hollywood. Right. Um, I don't is... know how far they are from Hollywood. Like, how many supplies do you really need? I don't know. You, know, I, you need I gas. It's... You need gas money. They're they're in Arizona, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's supposed to be somewhere in the Midwest right. in the desert. Yeah, well, I know. It's, I know it was filmed in Arizona. I don't know if that's where it was supposed to have been set as well, but you know, might as well be. That makes, as much, that makes as much sense as anything. Yeah, right. Nevada. You know, right. somewhere in Nevada, or um, but yeah, it's. <laughs> But yeah, I think it was mostly just supposed to be like we're stealing the cash register, so, yeah, and some food, and we're gonna smoke go. some road beers, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the vi- real villain of the piece makes me laugh because of how um self infatuated he is, <laughs> right? Um, which is very silly, 
because he's yeah. he's just kind of normal looking but he's like my hair is beautiful and i'm like i mean it's okay yeah yeah you know it took him nine years to grow it though, nine you know, years so. to grow this hair i love that you can't remember the name samson either right you see the movie with the guy <laughs> whose hair who has magic power right. some bitch cuts off his hair and he gets normal i'm better yep. looking than the guy in that movie <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like yeah but can you act buddy i mean you know yeah. Yeah. i'm gonna get there's the, flaws in his plan i'm gonna get to la and they're just gonna be they're gonna say hey come here right get in front of this camera um, and like, not, I, not to mention i think the first thing they're gonna make him do is cut his hair for a role anyways so yeah you know, well, he's, he's not going to, he's, he's uh, well, no, the only roles he's going to get, it's Hollywood in, right. it's Hollywood in general. The only role you're going to get is native, is native American. Native American, right. Yeah. Like you're not going to get cast as anything else. Um, And you're probably going to have to do a bad accent and right. wear, you know, a headdress, you know, cause it's bad because Hollywood is really bad at that. Right. Um, But yeah, it's a whole, it's a really flawed plan for sure. But he's obviously like also I think you know murdering two people was not on his list of things to do either. So no, really, no, he's not exactly a brain trust. He's he's screwed now anyways because I mean you can't just you know murder yeah. two people like everybody's yeah. gonna know who did it. <laughs> right, right, yeah, and they well they imply that uh, he's the black sheep of the tribe too. They or, they kind of right. kicked him out of there, so obviously everyone's gonna know who did it. Um. Gee, who did it? I don't know. Maybe the three people that left town that night. You know, mm-hmm. the three guys, the three narrator wells who always cause trouble anyway. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, the only ones left in town would do this. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's so the uh, they leave and then the old the chief goes and um, scalps the guy, right, in easy comics fashion. But. Um, it's an odd one. So, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on what are your thoughts on Old Chief Woodenhead? How does it work for you? I, like I said, I think it feels a lot like a, like an amazing story. It's like a Steven Spielberg, like a mm. Twilight Zone kind of you know episode, and not necessarily like a creep show episode. But I, I mean, I dig it. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would have been better if it actually leaned into the western tropes a little bit, a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, but it's a solid opening, you know. Yeah, not my favorite of the bunch, but it's not it's not bad. Yeah, it's probably the least of the bunch, though. Mm, I don't you, know. I think, uh, you think I think the over, hitchhiker. You think you take this one over the hitchhiker? Yeah. Okay. I think I it, says it has more. It has more story. That I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely it has more story. But I feel like hitchhiker just has a little bit more. Oomph. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I I noticed it. I noticed it every time, and I can't. And this time, I was sure because I think now mm-hmm. it's the first time I've seen it in high def. I think right. um, that old chief Woodenhead is absolutely moving prior the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, right. Um, and it's uh, it's interesting because I I in earlier viewings of the film, I was like, is he moving? Right. Uh, and it's they kind of lampshade it well. Yeah, they kind of lampshade it well because you know the. Uh, the human chief like sees a move even before any of this stuff goes down. Yeah. 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 He knows that there's actually a guardian spirit going on. There must've been some magic in that old silk hat they found, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he also, yeah. At the end of it, he also refers to him as like you rest well, ain't 
old one or something like right. that too where they may they, your warrior spirit rest or something like that yeah. yeah but he refers to age like he refers mm-hmm. to like time that he's like we're absolutely aware that there's an old you know native american right. spirit kind of helping out um mm-hmm. but there's also the idea that uh that there's a little bit of an appropriation there right uh but george kennedy is has affection for it so it's like this weird gray it makes area. it kind of okay yeah yeah it's a, it's a kind of a gray area where he's like you right. know putting on war paint and stuff on you yeah. but at the same time he's talking to him and i like that like, he, i like that when he talks to the chief he doesn't you know give him a yato hey he yes. just says hello i agree yes you know, and he, i noticed and that. he says and he says that oh you know he kind of jokes that the chief wouldn't have says yato hey yeah no, I noticed that as well. And I like it. Yeah, he did right. not take. He did not use their language back. It's not right. his. Uh, and like, it's obvious he understands it because what, like, when the chief later says a couple of things in you know Navajo or whatever. Let's just say Navajo, and I'm an injured white guy. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it um, happens. Yeah, you know, but um, he, you could tell he understands him. Yeah, which you know. And he did, like you said, he doesn't he doesn't talk back to him in that language because it's not his. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and he has respect. He 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 immediately sees the gems and knows exactly what they are. Right, and feels uncomfortable taking it. Yeah. Um, because he knows what they are. Uh, it's it's very interesting that you know that this is a story that has sort of an old white guy, who probably doesn't fully understand the actual real full dynamics of what's happening but respects right. it anyway uh it's really yeah. really quite cool in that in that sense that uh this is a character who has uh respect if not understanding mm-hmm. for uh for this other culture that he and he sees value in it uh and in fact his only argument when the guy puts the gun on him and he says, mm-hmm. you can't take that. That belongs right. to your people. It's your people. Yeah. You know, it's not mine uh, to give and it's not yours to take. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just holding on to it. You know, um, it's really, it's way more important than just money. Right. You know, it's a symbol of something. Uh, it's, but yeah, I, I noticed that too when I watched it this time that, uh, and I actually really liked it when the chief says, Yatahe, he mm-hmm. says, hello. Right. Not Yatahe. Uh, and then he kind of sheepishly says, "Oh, Chief says got to," right. but uh, but yeah, he's he's obviously not not uh, comfortable taking part in the ritual. No, uh, but respects that ritual, right? You know, he doesn't want to take part in it because it's not his. I think it's really really and, interesting, and it respects the chief. You know, his station. You know, it's not like he's. Not only that he's meeting him, you know, person to person, like he also knows that, you know, this is a, a man whose station is ostensibly above his. Yes. He's an important man. Right. Yeah. Even though he's not part of the tribe or anything like that, he still gives them the proper reverence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really, really cool. I agree. I I did like it, that as it really papers over a lot of the like what a lot of stuff that would be problematic in this in this. In this it helps, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, it helps. Because uh, like I said, old chief Woodenhead himself is pretty problematic, right? But as you noted, I mean, like you know, the idea that George Kennedy uh, might be partaking in a little bit of an appropriation when it comes to old chief Woodenhead and um, what's the 
what's the bad guy's name? Billy or something like that? I don't know. Like um, Billy, yeah. yeah. I think so. I, I, I'm not 100%, but like, I think they might have browned him up a little bit. Yeah. They might have given him a little brown face. Uh, and then, yeah, you, you might be right. Ben. No, that's... Ben. No, Ben no. is... No. Ben is the... Um, uh, uh, chief. Um, Sam. Uh, Sam, Sam, Sam White, White Moon. Yeah, you forgot the name Sam. Yeah, I did. You're nuts. You're yeah. crazy. But um, uh, yeah, you know Holt he's a McCallany. He's a pretty pretty white looking guy these days. So I've, uh, very true. Yes, yep. he may not have been. Uh, I mean, he I may not be Native American. He was in Fight Club and uh, Mind Hunter. Um, and I know in Mind Hunter he's like the whitest guy ever. So. Yeah, he's yeah. He was. This was the second role after uh, a brief role in All My Children. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I've seen him in here and there. I mean, obviously Fight Club. Right. Um, but um, Mindhunter is by David Fin. That David Fincher Netflix. Oh, show. he was on yeah. Heroes. Okay. Oh, okay. Hmm. As Ricky, who the hell's Ricky? Well, what season was he even on Heroes? Did you oh, watch the know. whole thing? Yeah. Ricky, uh, I only watched the first season and then I gave oh, up. But oh. and I forget uh, most of that anyways because it was bad. Season two, and he was uh one of the Irishmen in season two. Oh, okay. So I think he's he's definitely uh right. Uh, he was born in New York, but yeah, I don't know. Um, not but, not yeah. okay, not okay yeah. to do that, guys. But um, oh, I guess nineteen eighty seven will let you have a. Oh no, he's yeah, she's a famous character actor. I didn't right. even recognize that's what yeah, you're absolutely right. He's uh he's I don't think he's Native American. No. I, I didn't recognize him in the film, but now that I think about now that I've looked at looked him up, I'm like, oh my god, it's that guy. Okay, right. yeah, he's been in everything. Yeah. Uh yeah. You can yeah, get away with that in nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. Yeah, you're very, Can't do very it now. true. Um, shouldn't be able to do it now. Probably shouldn't have done it then. You probably wouldn't have allowed. You shouldn't have done it then. All right. Yeah. But we'll 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 move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hope McKelleny. Yeah, he was in um, uh, Nightmare Alley recently. Oh, I still haven't watched that. Oh yeah, I haven't, he, um, haven't made the time for it. Yeah, he was the the bodyguard in Nightmare Alley. Oh, cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. He was in a lot. He's in in everything. Yeah. Right. Okay, it's, it's not a movie I'm movie. skipping for a reason. It's a movie that I just haven't made time for yet. Yeah, yeah. Because no, it's, it's, it's Del it's Toro. Good. It's Del Toro, and I want to give it my undivided attention when I do. Sure. Yeah, and you should. It's a. It's yep. a very. It's a lovely film. But um, uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't. It's odd that I didn't even recognize him in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think they brown faced him. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. Well, yeah. well, you know, if I can, if I can stand going through old episodes of Kids in the Hall where they brown faced uh, Mississippi Gary, you know, I guess I can live through this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's anyways. Let's move on to the raft. It's nineteen eighty seven. So right. yeah, yeah. The raft. Uh, you know, this is a the raft was a direct adaptation of a short story by Stephen King. Um, mm-hmm. I actually did buy myself um, new copies of Skeleton Crew and Night Shift. Oh, uh nice. this week um i'm actually a pretty big fan of stephen king's short work 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think Same. he's a yeah. I think he he uh is a very good short story writer. Mm-hmm. And the raft is interesting as a story because it's actually not much. No, it's um, pretty basic. I mean, yeah, very basic. Uh, I think originally published in like Playboy or something, mm-hmm. um, or some minor literary magazine. Um, it's which Playboy pretty... was at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I think they still probably do publish short right. work but um but yeah they um did they still even publish i, I think so I, think still okay. play, boy. I don't know yeah. i couldn't tell you probably i know i know at one point they said they were going to stop publishing but i don't know if they did or not if they got new you know cash influx or whatever uh maybe i don't know uh. um but yeah it's uh the short stories it's 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 a good short story. I think most people probably, uh, it probably got a lot more attention because of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's not an important short story in skeleton crew. Right. It's not featured or anything the way the mist is, for example, which was a uh, more of a short novel. Right. Uh, that's almost, that's like 170 pages. So, uh, but it was just included in skeleton crew, but well, that's um, a short story for Stephen King. You know? That is true. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's technically novel length number wise. Right. I think they call it a novella, but I'm like, no, this this thing is like 175 pages. But right. Um, we'll cover the mist at some point. It's a great yeah. film. Um, not as great TV so, but good uh good film. And um never watched the TV show. I just kind of love like I'll see how this shakes out before I get involved. And I luckily I did that. Yeah, it didn't last, yeah. It right. shut down, it was canceled after one season um and awkward as hell very awkward mm-hmm. as hell um but um which would make sense for trying to stretch out that that story long term right but um it's like making night of the living dead the tv series be like well they're not living in a house for fucking weeks now like it does this doesn't make any right. sense but yeah so the raft is you know ostensibly just the story about you know four people who go swimming and get stuck on a raft with the the killer oil slick yeah it's like a, it's like a yeah it's like a, a physicalized uh, right. uh or like a giant amoeba yeah more like a yeah digestive system just kind of walks right. just floats around um in and in, in great horror fashion it's like there's no explanation as to what it is right there's just some implication there. that it comes around uh in the off season only mm-hmm um in the story anyway right you know they talk about how um in the the story specifically it's that they notice that they they know the raft is there while they're kind of reminiscing right and then they say we'll, we'll go out there and swim out there because they don't take it down take in the raft until uh like november right when the snow falls um but so that the the lake is or whatever is active the rest of the time so there's basically means this thing's probably not eating anybody until the fall i guess right or it or it's new i mean or it's new it could be could be new yeah um somewhere the weird the weird thing about it watching it this time through is that um they don't bring anything they're going out to party and they bring like a few joints and like, mm. no beers and like they yeah. just like there's no cooler or anything that they're 
they're dragging along with them or nothing. It's yeah. Well, the short story they they specifically state that the entire idea is to just swim out there and then swim back. Like they're not right. going to hang out there for very long, because uh, they they make it clear in. Well, yeah, uh, it's in, October. I it's mean, October. It's close yeah, to, they, like, close to Halloween. They say. Yeah, they say it's supposed to snow snow the next day. This number of snowfall oh, okay. is supposed to happen like the next day. So mostly they are they just get stoned at the apartment and then say, right, oh yeah, that raft. Let's go out there, swim out, and then swim back, and then go home. It's like oh, them okay. being. It's like them being really impulsive and stupid, right? College student types and driving fifty miles to do it. I mean, yes, yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah. I mean, all they probably would have brought would be joints, but the story See, that also... didn't that didn't come across in the in the movie. No, like, yeah, you know this. This that. seems like they're making a day of it, you know, in the movie to me at least. No, I think you're right. Um, if I hadn't just reread the story, like literally right before, mm-hmm. I probably would. Excuse me. If I hadn't read the story just before, I probably would have uh, would have assumed this was you know, uh, that this was supposed to be making a day of it or whatever. But right. uh, mostly the, the story pretty much just makes it clear that they are um, uh, just doing something stupid. Uh, right. Because they feel like doing something stupid. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they're just supposed to be dumb college students right. uh, that are... Uh, what's interesting to me about when I read the story and then watched the movie is I was... there's It's a pretty accurate... Mm-hmm. Uh, adaptation of the story except for this really weird detail in which they switch relationships it's huh. very odd in the in the story uh, Deke is dating Rachel right? who is described as being the girl next door type looks like Sandy Duncan in the mm-hmm. story they claim he uses the reference Sandy Duncan because the story was written in the 70s Right. So, you know, reference for the kids, Sandy Duncan. <laughs> um, Even I don't I love, understand that reference. Uh, uh, actually, the, the short story helpfully tells you who Sandy Duncan was, which oh, is okay. an odd choice for Stephen King to do. But right. uh, Sandy Duncan, who, comma, who played Peter Pan in the live action uh, uh, stage play. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. she the uh, pixie haircut. Right, right. Girl next door, America's sweetheart. She was one of the first, right. one of the big America's sweetheart people um in the 70s and um, of course my brain's so broken i'm trying to picture her and i, I keep coming up with mr b natural and that's not a similar it. idea <laughs> right but, yeah. yeah similar idea but um but uh kind of america's sweetheart girl next door type and then rachel uh no uh yeah and then laverne is the tall dark haired girl and she's dating the main character randy mm-hmm. okay um and the movie swaps that where mm-hmm. uh, Laverne is dating Deke, but still looks like Laverne. The, the physicals are still the same, right. but they, they switch who they're dating, uh, which is very weird, a weird detail to do when you didn't have to. Um, well, I mean, it because of the, well, the, the problematic section later where, where mm-hmm. he feels up the, the sleeping woman that's consensual um, in the story by the way okay it's good yeah um be, so so that was consensual it was 
I, I thought it was maybe because like, you know, then he's not, you know, hitting on, you know, the other guy's girlfriend, but I guess like the, they die in different orders as well. No. Oh, okay. That's what's interesting. Uh, they didn't okay. have to change it at all. That's what I mean. It's, it's, it's what's interesting is that basically the, okay. So the, basically the way the story works is um, Randy is dating Laverne. Uh, Deke is dating Rachel. Uh, okay. However, uh, Laverne has been flirting with Deke. Uh, oh, okay. And Randy is a little bit put off by it. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but they, they decided to go out to the raft. They swim out to the raft. Deke, uh, uh, basically, the flirtation between Deke and Laverne uh, presents itself in such a way that Randy notes as sort of the narrator that these two relationships are over. Uh, right. Deke, is, Deke and Laverne are going to hook up. Right. Um, and again, in the story, Laverne, the dark-haired girl, is dating Randy. Mm. And the more can quote, uh, conventional attractive one is dating Randy. The girl next door is dating Deke. Um, However, Rachel, who is still the girl next door, but is dating Deke, still gets killed first. Okay. Uh, And so she dies. Then Deke dies the same as he does in the film. And then what happens is Randy and Laverne are left together. Laverne's panicking. Uh, And the story takes place over the course of two days. They're mm-hmm. out there for a long time. Randy's out there for a long time. Randy then uh, is is kind of half taking care of Laverne, half starting to lose his mind. Right. Um, and they, it, because it's October and it's cold, they uh, decide to huddle together for warmth. Mm-hmm. And um, in uh, you know writer fashion in 1970s they just that means uh they have sex right uh so they end up having sex however randy notices too late because he's tired mm-hmm. and half crazy that her hair has touched the water ah. and so the monster then eats her right. uh and then it the story ends with him being he's on the raft for another whole day and night mm-hmm. by himself and then at the end, he's losing his mind to the point where the story ends with him basically saying, I'm probably just going to jump in and let this thing kill me. Right. Because there's no hope. Um, the movie changes the ending to a much more satisfying one of him attempting to swim it. And then the right. creature still gets it. Um, also, there's some stuff in the story about that the monster might have some sort of hypnotic ability uh, mm-hmm. showing colors, flashing colors at people. Oh, okay. Um, in some weird internal monologue stuff, but well, um, yeah, Stephen King, right? But yeah, um, in fact, Skeleton Crew has a running theme of "Do you love?" popping up in all the, a lot of the stories, mm-hmm. and the monster, like in his head, he keeps saying, "Do you love?" And no, I don't love you. Like right. it's like we were talking to the oil slick. What's going on? But um, it's so it's it's basically a pretty straightforward story. But like Romero in the screenplay swaps the two relationships. Mm-hmm. And also makes it Randy wants to have makes it that Randy is interested in Rachel in Laverne, mm. who's dating his buddy, right? And then uh, Rachel is actually the one who's jealous that Randy okay. is paying attention to Deke. It's very strange, right? It's what one of those things. I'm like, you didn't have to do this. Like you already like you're actually doing more work to change it, <laughs> right? Um, so I don't know why the script did it. It's such an odd choice. But like I said, in the in the the story, the the sexual activity is consensual, right? 
which is way less creepy. Um, and uh, and then the ending uh, is a little bit more ambiguous, where the main character is sort of just right. there. Um, King wasn't that strong at endings, right? During this period, so or it never. I don't know if he ever was. Um, here and there, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we talked about the stand. Uh, you know, like, well, talk about your shit endings, right? You know, uh, but. Um, but yeah, the story just sort of ends open ended where the character is just sort of like, I guess I'm probably just going to get eaten. Uh, right. and then the movie has some choice to swim for, which is pretty cool, which is way better, you know, way better, way better. Yeah. Uh, however, the movie does have a non consensual, right? Sex and, sequence. You know, it's a couple, I don't know, maybe it was about a year or two back. Um, my niece was over and she wanted to watch Creep Show too, and I'd forgotten about that part. Mm. <laughs> and so that was fucking awkward. Yeah. That yeah. part pops up in my, you know, middle school age nieces, like, you know, watching it with us. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, there's full you on know, breasts. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad your mom's cool. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'd be in trouble otherwise. Yeah. But yeah, but it, wasn't, movie... it wasn't just the breasts. It was, you know, the whole like, she's unconscious. She's fucking sleeping. Yeah. 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 Like, it made me feel really, really awkward. You know, it's an odd, it. odd thing to put in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's kind of waking up and she's kind of into it, but you know, then she's like, no, yeah, yeah, and, and it keeps keeps going, and then she's like, no, but the implication is going, yeah, <laughs> but the implication is the no is because it's already starting to eat her face, but, right? Um, but in fact, I was uh kind of thinking about it with the story versus the film, and I, I I'm not entirely certain if the story was implying that he kind of was like maybe like. Or, or the movie was sort of like him, like trying to get her eaten so he could make a run for it. But um, I don't know. It's just it's an odd, it's a very odd scene, and it kind of, kind of takes a lot of the piss out of the the story. Right. I'd forgotten about that. I had forgotten yeah. too, in that the film uh, involved her passed out and him feeling her up. Right. Um. It, like I said in the in the story, it's a consensual act uh, of two people who are panicking and half crazy. So right, and they, then like weirdly enough, like the Blob did kind of a similar gag in the remake of the Blob. Yeah, like there was a part where like the guy was you know making out with this girl who was asleep, and the Blob was actually like down her blouse and ate him. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it anyway, it's it's uncomfortable. Uh right. it's a, it's an odd thing to throw into a film to have your But the but the swim into shore part uh, that comes, you know, immediately after it, it's like really cool. Yeah. Um yeah. really well shot, really well paced. The music I gotta give props to the music here because it doesn't rip off Jaws. <laughs> and you know, it's that's it's hard point. not to rip off Jaws in a scene like this. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. But it really works. And then he gets to shore and he's like, Yeah, oh, I beat you. I better whatever the hell you are, I beat yeah. you. And then boom. Boom. Yep. It forms up like a wave, takes yeah. him out. Yeah, it doesn't do that in the in the book, but in the right. story. But the story implies it's it's as as Randy is sort of observing its behavior, he's starting to realize his thinking. Right. Like it's much like more of a creep show ending the way it, you know, yeah, gets him anyways. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, in the in creep show, it's it's also interested. I think a little bit, and I I almost wonder if that's now that I'm saying this out loud. I'm wondering if mm-hmm. that's the point. Uh, if it's like we want comeuppance in the story, so right. we had to shoehorn in a comeuppance. Yeah, could be. Uh, Randy had to do something wrong. Right. Um, but uh, in order to be killed, but um, right because the like yeah. I said, the short story has it's just uh unfortunate. Yeah, you know, it's it's a bunch of kid, a bunch of college people decide to go out and do something reckless and impulsive and bite pay for ass. it yeah. yeah the one thing that works against this story and like i said i think this is everybody's favorite segment from this film yeah is the raft um but i think it has the weakest acting of all all of them well I probably think, i yeah. mean the the teenage actors that are really really wooden mm. and you know it it just takes away a little bit from it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially the guy playing Randy is like, you know, doesn't yeah. really sell it. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, uh, it's obviously a, a story in which the special effects are the star. Right. Um, What we really want to do is, is show like people melting, you yeah. know, um, and um, that's a, a, the short story is kind of the same. It's, it's a lot of descriptions of gore. Uh, mm-hmm. people getting torn apart or melting. Um, right. It, it, that it's really way more interesting. It, way more interested in in what's actually happening than who these people are, right? What they're doing there. Um, but I think in this case, I mean, the the movie is definitely making that call. Where like the point of doing this is, and it the feels monster. to me, yeah, it's monster and the people getting killed. Um, I, and I, I think, and I kind of find myself wondering why it's here. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they just like like the story an awful lot. I don't know. Right. Um, like I said, it's a pretty minor story in Stephen King canon, except for the mm-hmm. fact that Creep Show 2 got made. Right. And so people were like, oh yeah, the raft, that's in skeleton crew. Um, it's not one of his best. You right. Know? Um nowhere near. Um, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot on the Blu-ray about like, you know, the genesis of the film. And I really yeah. wish they would have really gone through and said, you know, like, oh, the reason we picked this is because of that right or you know yeah because, why the raft right or you know just any of it you know it's yeah. like they're like you know why did we choose you know these three stories or you know what what was the process of you know deciding on the three and, you know mm-hmm. the, the order that they're placed in because i think with uh anthology films it's always a fascinating thing to think about is the pacing and the order of you know, yeah. and and the selection process. Yeah, because uh, a lot lot of anthologies are based off you know short stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the raft, you could not really stretch into a feature length film. No. Uh, or you know, they could probably do like a four hour Netflix movie now about it because yeah, not about anything. But other yeah. than that, yeah. I mean, I was gonna say you probably actually. I mean, I I guess now that they say that out loud, I'm like thinking about it and like looking at that story. And I'm like, I guess you probably right. could make it into a feature length, but it's you, not you, suggested. No, it's, it's not. You're not gonna gain anything by it. I don't think. No, not at all. It would mostly just be character work, right? Because uh, ultimately, what you're getting at is is three people die, right? You know, they're eaten by something in the lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I it. mean, yeah, you'd have to, you know. Yeah, at spend... least this, at least this took you know took place over the course of a night, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, you'd have to stretch quite a bit to uh, and have like, I mean, like you could do it in the sense that, you know, we've had movies like, uh, I never saw it, but uh, there was that one with the people on the ski lift. Frozen? Frozen, yeah. yeah. Like that's that was like, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's yeah. what I mean. Is you could you you've now done movies. They've done movies now where you know you have characters who are like locked in a room mm-hmm. for ninety minutes and right stuff happens. Like, um, but uh, you so, could do yeah. a movie of it, but you can you'd really be stretching it. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, you have to do a lot of character work, uh, a lot of that uh, you know kind of a twenty four film the landscape mm-hmm. stuff. Right. You know, um, uh, long idyllic shots of the lake. Because the other thing is, you know, if if you're going to go any longer with it, the audience is going to start questioning, what is this thing? Yeah. And you don't want that because it's unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I, I feel like audiences can probably could probably just deal with it being a thing. But um, but you would be spending a lot of time doing nothing to make it work that I wouldn't recommend it. But now that I say that, I want to do it. But, right. um, you know, uh, I'm going to get running on that screenplay. But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you. I mean, I think the actors are, aren't aren't stellar in this one. Right. I think they're, I think they're okay. But they're not exactly playing transformative roles either. No. Um, I think they're meant to just be kind of good looking. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and a lot of their character is being projected by what they look like um you know and by contrast like there's right. the couple that's there's the couple that's really really that's conventionally attractive and then the couple that's normal uh normal-ish yeah right. I, mean, I wouldn't go as far to call either of them homely or anything but no um versus the perfectly sculpted bodies of the other two right we get the idea that there's a dichotomy there mm-hmm. um you know you know, and there's your there's your ninety minute movies. You'd have to make it about like we didn't like each other anyway. Right now we don't like you know it's like cabin fever on a raft. Uh, um, yeah, take that back. Don't yeah. even, don't even <laughs> say that. Don't give the idea to the universe. Yeah, yeah. Eli Roth right now just said, yep. "Oh my god, the raft." Yep. Yeah. Um, after I'm done ruining the good name of a hundred scariest movie moments, I'm gonna <laughs> go out and make. Uh, I'm gonna go out and make the raft. I don't mind that guy in in those kind of uh, documentaries, but no, no, he should not be allowed to make films. Yeah, like, no, I mean, that's what I mean is that he's he gonna, should have a column on a website. He's making you know, he's making a new. That's the thing is I think he's making a new one. He's the executive producer on the new hundreds hundred and one Scary Movie. Oh, Excuse okay. Me. That's supposed to come out of Shutter next month, and I'm like, right. I was talking to this, uh, talking to a friend about this, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch every single episode of it. Right, right, but um. I already know it's going to be the, you know, as, as she put it, yeah, as she put it, it's going to be the shutter personalities are going to be heavily involved. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want them. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know, I love the hundred scariest movie moments, but I was kind of like, you know, right. uh, We still had all of them, all the masses of horror was still alive when we did that, you know, um, but that's what I mean. I feel like it's just going to be like, okay, we're going to talk to Eli Roth a lot. We're going to talk to uh, right. Joe Bob a lot, Darcy. Right. Yeah. Greg Nicotero. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, and um, it's, it's just going to get like, I'm like, I don't need that. But 
Well, that was the problem I had with Eli Roth's history of horror was that it had too much Eli Roth in it. Yeah. Like he, he oh, kept, shit. he, he talked too much. Like let the other people you're, you're talking to. Season talk more. two. Season yeah. two. The, the season two, the final episode is Eli Roth's favorite movies. Right. He interviews himself. Oh God. I didn't watch season two. Does, uh, does that really happen? He basically interviews himself. He does his oh, own my. talking heads for the episode. Right. Um, about what movies influenced him as a filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, it's it was uh, it all garbage or was it actually good movies? They though? were good no. movies, but right. it was Eli Roth talking about these movies, mm. and yeah, what they right. meant to him. So it was about him. Um, yeah, it was awful. Um, right. that was great. Yeah, it was. It was. So, it was all. <laughs> it was like all him. Right. Um. But um. But anyway, yeah. I dig. Wait, that's a digression. But yes. Yeah. Um. The hitchhiker. Yeah. yeah, I guess we can move on. Yeah, the hitchhiker. Uh, starring Lois Childs, um, mm-hmm. uh, who was on Dallas, I guess, um, which was a major TV show uh, before you and I uh, right. knew much about it. Uh, it was on in 82. Yeah. Um, I know but, of it, but yeah. like my family didn't watch it. So she's also know. in Moonraker and uh, Moonraker. That's what I remember. Yeah. Okay. She was in Moonraker yeah. in Dallas. Uh, she was. Uh, she is top the, the way we were with right. uh, Robert Redford. Um, so she's uh, she's kind of a big deal, uh, and that's why she was top billed mm-hmm. uh, in the in the film in the credits. Um, and she's she doing was, good work here. I mean, yeah, she is doing good work here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's definitely kind of a more character driven piece than the other two, right? Um, and it, oddly enough, even though it's not based on a Stephen King story, it's very mm-hmm. Stephen King. Right. Romero wrote the story very, very Stephen King-ish. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if, like, Stephen King wrote, like, you know, the treatment for the other two stories and just, you know, left it to Romero to do. That's what it sounded like. Maybe. Like, he wrote the story for the other two. They were just weren't published, fully fleshed out stories, and then George Romero, you know, adapted them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just they word it differently in the credits, uh, right? Based on stories by Stephen King, but that could be the same thing as story by, right? In other films, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That somebody that's yeah. Maybe he did just be like, and then this and then this movie will be a a woman who run, right. you know, runs over. This a black is where guy. my cameo is. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'll do my cameo. Uh, you know, the walking dude. Spell that kind of luck. B A D. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's essentially Lois Childs plays a uh, uh, wealthy, uh, slightly older woman who then uh, is sleeping with a, a gigolo. Um, right. And uh, she then, on her way home, uh, running late, running late, uh, runs yep. over a hitchhiker who's on his way to Dover. New Hampshire. The story takes place in Maine. And um and uh in fact I think it's supposed to be Portland at the beginning, I think, but uh I'm not, I'm sure. not sure. Yeah. But um but I know they filmed this part in Maine as well as well as the rapper yeah. rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, she yeah, uh, it was filmed, yeah, pretty yeah, it was filmed in Maine. Um I th- not sure where the street mm-hmm. actually looks familiar when she's driving down it but um in the city but mm-hmm. it's not portland i know that but um i'd recognize it immediately if it were portland but right 
<clears throat> even in 87. Um, but, um, or it's like, it might be Lewiston. But anyway, uh, yeah, so she like runs over a guy on his way to, who's on his way to Dover. And then she, she hits a hit and run, so she just drives off. Uh, and then the guy keeps showing up. Right. Attacking her in the car. And um, it's a goofy as fuck story. <laughs> right. But uh, she's doing great work. Like I said, the writing is very, is very king. Uh, mm-hmm. the the monologues that she keeps giving to herself in the car about are, the mechanic are yeah, hilarious. That, yeah, and I'm like, that's right. all. That's so Stephen King, right? Like, I could see that. I can see that on the page. Like, you know, well, that's uh, that's three thousand dollars, Mrs. Right? You no, know, you know, that's you know, we're talking about the mechanic, you know, and the leather seats and right. all that. It's very Stephen King. Four thousand um, dollars, and it'll look like you just drove it off the lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Lansing. Yeah, Mrs. Lansing. Lansing. Yeah, she's driving Lansing one, the right. uh, the car. Yeah, it's um, and so it's really goofy. But yeah, the, uh, I love um, I still kind of love it because it is just this weird ghoul guy that keeps showing right. up in her car going, "Thanks for the ride." Yeah, <laughs> thanks for the lady. Thanks, thanks for the, the ride. ride. Like, there's so many. There's so many different ways that he says it. Yeah. Too like it's just yeah. like every time it's something different, but like. Yeah, I gotta give props to that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, lady, thanks for the ride. Right. Thanks. Thanks for the ride. Thanks. Thanks for the ride, lady. Right. Every Uh, every way, but you could do it. Yeah, he does like every combination of the words. Uh, it's just it's uh it it, it's so kind of it's so silly, and she's just trying to kill him, left and right, uh, running over with the car, shooting him, uh, just ramming him into a tree. Uh, it's, yep. it's doing everything. She, and it's very, it's very roadrunner, wildly coyote. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, um, well, she's just getting more and more panicked and I, I don't know what, what can you say about this story other than that? It's goofy. It's and just a lot of fun. Like, it's, it is a fun story. I yeah. love, uh, there was actually, as I alluded to earlier, there's one moment in this way that actually felt very easy comics. He's on the hood of the car. <laughs> Right. And he pulls out his cardboard side, opens it up, and it just says, you, "You killed, killed me." me. Um, right. It's it's very EC Comics, because uh, there's no reason, and I, I the only way it could have been better if it said "Thanks for the ride." Um, right. It actually kind of bothers me that it doesn't say "Thanks for the ride." This is true. I, yeah. I I would have laughed my ass off if it were <laughs> "Thanks for the ride." Right. Like he keeps saying it, and then he's like on the hood of the car, and just pulls out a side that says "Thanks for the ride." <laughs> but no, it said it says you killed me, which is such a uh, such a strange aspect. Um, right. But no, she's doing great work. Um, it's a goofy story. Stephen King shows up to as a another blue collar worker type. Right. Is uh, a truck driver. Black guy, huh? Yep. You know, yeah. Guy got creamed. Yeah. It happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's main it's thick main accent right yeah um yeah i mean that's it's the hitchhiker yeah right i mean tom wright does you know some good work here and you know yeah tom wright as uh as the hitchhiker yeah um yeah it's just such a it's such a ridiculous story that 
but there's there's like no substance to it whatsoever no no like they don't even bother to explain why her husband is late getting home for once you know they make such a big deal out of he's always on time yeah and she's you know out there for god knows how long trying to kill this thing and he gets home and she's you know in the garage before her she's dead yeah yeah you know that's a good point she was in there long enough to die from carbon monoxide poisoning and for the whole thing to fill up with smoke yeah that's true yeah yeah except that except that she has the sign on the dover sign yeah 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 it's uh yeah it's a it's a it's just there's no substance there's no There's nothing really going on. It's just, it's just a gag, and they a cartoon. Yeah, yep. yeah, it's a cartoon. Um, I love, by the way, that he's he's worse and worse looking off. By the time he looks at the end, he looks like some sort of weird fish creature, right? Some sort or of like, wet puppet. You know? Yeah, he's just like this big wet pulpy uh, puppet. Yeah, essentially yeah. a puppet. Yeah, he's got like his tongue hanging out. Um, he's got like no face left. Yep, but he's still going. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for, Thanks the, for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride, lady. Lady, thanks for the ride. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, then the wraparound ends, and right. giant Venus fly traps. They meet. They meet. Uh, yeah, he gets his bullies, and his bullies all get eaten, and then right. animation ends, and we see Tom Savini in his makeup again, right. throwing comic books randomly out the back of a truck. Yep. Uh, I did like I let the credits run this time all the way down at the end. There's a quote from like the 1940s mm-hmm. um, uh, written by some like PhD who was kind of talking what we were talking about last week about the Comics Code Authority. Right. And was kind of saying like uh, that the quote, it's a long quote, so I don't have it, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's like a paragraph. But ostensibly like, you know, comic books in media are an easy scapegoat. The real reasons for de- juvenile delinquency are systemic in society right. and that um it was just an interesting thing that they put into the end of the movie that at the very very end of the credits was this right thing going like comic uh, books were comic books were never the problem juvenile delinquency is the product of pent-up frustrations yeah. stored up resentments and bottled up fears and then it goes on from there yeah yeah the comics are an easy scapegoat right yeah an easy explanation but yeah it's um it's just a, a, a i thought it was pretty cool they threw that in there Right, the very end of the credit sequence, but, but yeah, and this was it for Creepshow. They didn't make anything else after this. Oh, I feel like they did. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't. Well, they, they didn't. didn't. Other people did. No, no, they didn't. There are no other Creepshows. No, nah, you know the. I'll stand by the series. The yeah. series. Okay. Um, it has some really, really bad episodes. Yeah. There's a couple episodes that are amongst the worst things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you watched the series or not. I, I think, think I saw the first. I think we mentioned last week. Yeah. Okay, there's that was the first season. There's season two or season three. There's one episode where it's like horror movie collectors going head to head trying to kill each other, mm-hmm. and it's it's so fucking Ready Player One that it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Oh. There's just so many things in it that are like, oh look, it's the the glove from Freddy Krueger, and it's you know this and it's that, and it's like, oh, oh it's so bad. But some of the episodes I think are are quite good. Hmm. Um, Creep Show three never happened. Look, yeah, no, that, that never happened. Oh, um, what a terrible, terrible. Film yeah, that was good. God. We'll be doing that next week. 
No, tune we're in not. next week, guys. Yeah. No, we are not. Um, <laughs> no, we're definitely not touching that. Normally, have... I would. Normally, on most like type of bad movies, I would normally be like, "Yes, absolutely." But right. Creepshow Three no. is there's nothing. There's nothing to talk about. Either. Not like, o- yeah. Just... Not only is it not a good film, it's a nasty, ugly, right. uh, uh, objectively terrible movie. Like it's actually right. like, the stories are mean spirited. They don't actually mm-hmm. go anywhere. Um, no, they just are nasty people doing nasty things to each other. It's it's like Edge Lord Creep Show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it has no substance. It has no narrative. It has no, no. metaphor. It's just ugly nothing shit. of redeeming value at all. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh, yeah, we we there's a threshold to badness where we can't pretend to talk nice about it. Right, <laughs> and that yeah. that that's well past it. Well, that's what I mean is I think that, yeah. and the reason for it, I think, is that it's just, it's just so nasty. Right. Like it's, it's very, and it's also very, it's, it's incompetent too. It's, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not scary. Yeah. It's not winking. It's sneering. Right. Like it's, 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 uh, it's very smug and it has no reason mm-hmm. to be, but, right. um, but yeah, I saw it once and I had no idea it existed. And I remember picking it, renting it or something or other. And I, I watched it and I hated every second of it. And I made, I watched it. Somebody put it on YouTube and I watched it. And it was, it was like, yeah, just the worst day of my life. You know, it's just. It's up there as one of the worst movies I've seen for sure. Right. And the reason for it was, was I think I remember just feeling kind of offended. Like I was like, this movie's not fun. It's not interesting. It's just nasty and brutal. Right. And, and, it, and it was some... it was just a cash grab. It was yeah. you know we got the rights to this name, so let's yeah. just do something quick and easy and yeah, not put any effort into it. But it clearly didn't get much in the way of distribution because there are people that right. don't even know it exists. I mean, it was directed uh, by the same people who did Day of the Dead Two, Contagion. You know, really? Oh, yeah, uh, that tracks. Right. I don't think I saw Day of the Dead Two Contagion. Um. Yeah, it was not. It was not good. Well, no, <laughs> I mean the the Day of the Dead re- quote the uh, in name only remake of right. Day of the Dead was uh, not much better. Funny thing is, is it took two per, two directors to do both of these movies. <laughs> two directors. That means it's going right. to be twice as good as yeah. Casablanca. Right. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, that's a that's a, a riff tracks joke for right. one of them. I can't remember two directors, so it's gonna be twice as good as <laughs> Casablanca. That's a good riff. Yeah, good riff for whatever movie uh, it was. Yeah, I think it's Rats, Nights of Terror. The uh the could be. Yeah, yeah, I think they've done it a couple times though. Right. But I think at the beginning of Rats, Nights of Terror, like two directors, it's, it's twice as good as Casablanca. Mike Nelson going, well, that checks out. Yeah. I that just remember making out. making Jen watch Rats, Nights of Terror, and I'm like. I like you think it's stupid now, just wait. Yeah. <laughs> it gets Rats, dumber. Rats Nights of Terror, yeah. That's a dumb, dumb movie. Right. Uh I know. love it. Oh it's yeah. So fucking stupid. It's it's so stupid. But yeah, it's a great one. But yeah, um I I as far as the show goes, I mean I barely remember it. I watched mm-hmm. the first I think I watched the first season and was nonplussed. Right. I guess would be the word. I mean, I didn't hate it. But I definitely wasn't impressed. Like I was like, right. I, this is this is kind of. I feel like you could have done. You could have done. I'm like I'm all for creating another horror anthology, but can we be mm-hmm. a little stronger than this? Right. Um. I do remember Gray Matter being okay. 
They did the they did yeah, that. Great Matter was good. I think the uh the one with the uh the severed head in the dollhouse was I thought was really good. Um uh, but John Harrison directed that one and he knows Creep Show. Mm. I mean he wrote the music for the original and you know helped on both of them so he knew what Creep Show was supposed to be. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean it's just it's it's a it's a low budget TV share TV series, you know, mm-hmm. anthology series. You know, yeah. So yeah. Your mileage will vary depending on how much you can put up with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I vaguely remember one with DJ Qualls. Mm-hmm. Um that had yeah. like a dumb ending. I can't remember the um I do, but it's not worth going into. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, like I said, the only like literally now that I say that a lot, and I, well, I forgot Grey Matter was an episode until just a second ago. But that's the only one I remember thinking like, oh, that was pretty good. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, for an adaptation of Grey Matter, um, which would have been, uh, which wasn't much of a, again was a very vague story. Right. In the first, and place. I like, I do like the fact that they, you know, for the most part, they they're doing adaptations of short stories yeah, yeah. um I, season three i think it was like they kind of got away from that craig nerecatero wrote a bunch of them mm. like you know maybe there shouldn't be a season four but you know we'll figure we'll find out i'm sure there will be i think right. it's been successful enough for shutter that they mm-hmm. they'll keep renewing stuff um and i mean good for them but right you know, it's uh you know, somebody I remember seeing somebody on Twitter talking about like you know that they were kind of disappointed in Shutter because they're like, well, it's great that they are doing all this distribution work for new movies. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of us uh, that a lot of people miss the early days of Shutter when it was all kind of like classic movies, like they right. actually had like a real uh a selection library. of uh, stuff, and now it's all very modern and mm-hmm. uh stuff that they're distributing on their own. Um, right and like i said with the you know 101 scariest movie moments where i'm kind of like it's going to be the same people that they have in their little inner circle and it's kind of like maybe we need to diversify yeah a little um there's only so long you can watch two dogs licking each other's asses (laughs) i I think it's what my grandfather would say yeah yeah you know yeah yeah uh, I mean, hopefully, I mean, like, uh, like, you know, history forward does have it had a lot of people coming in to talk that were worth right. talking to. And right. I'm sure we'll see some of them. I'm sure we'll see our pal, our pal Mick Garris on it. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, um, John Carpenter, probably he's still alive. Right. So, you know, they can get him. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure they'll have a couple people like, uh, you know, some PhDs and mm-hmm. um, but then they'll also have like, you know, the guy right. from Slipknot for some reason. You know, yeah, right? Ryan Turek. Right. You know, and Bloomhouse people and yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna watch every episode of that show and I'll probably complain the whole time. But right. I'm gonna watch same it. here. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I still regularly That's watch what they care about. Movements. Yeah. I, I I still regularly watch the Hundred Series movements all the time. It's one of the right. it's a great talking head documentary. Yeah. But it's and, and I, it's just I could like be, can't it's like eating a bag of candy too, you know. Yeah, it's just yeah. I could be wrong and it could be great. I don't know, right. but maybe I could be wrong, completely wrong about my data, but, um, but yeah, any last thoughts on, on the general world of creep show before we wrap up? Um, you know, I'm glad it is glad it exists. Uh, mm-hmm. both of them were, you know, the first one especially was, you know, like a seminal film in my, in my childhood. And this was yeah. another one that I watched a lot. Um, 
and helped give me some of my sensibilities. I mean, mm-hmm. the, uh, the artwork I did for the, the podcast is, you know, shamelessly ripped off of EC comics. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, there's a reason for that, you know? Oh yeah. 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 And I love, yeah. I mean, I love EC comics and that stuff. I mean, like, and that's, I think that's why the first one definitely has a, a certain, uh, uh Genesis right yeah i don't know it's just a, it's just a a good movie that uh i think stands the test of time because it has that sensibility mm-hmm. uh whereas creep show 2 doesn't really have that so no. um it's just but, a kind of, it's just a kind of fun middling movie you know like yeah said, it's just yeah like you said it's a solid three yeah it's know? even even more horror stories yeah right. like you know it's just there's more of them so you know have fun with it but um and they're entertaining enough i don't think uh you know i i no. you know nothing uh nothing there's nothing wrong with any of them right just yeah. don't watch them with your niece yeah yeah maybe don't yeah. do that yeah yeah <laughs> at least I, mean, I got to blame her it was her idea yeah it's it, it's an it was an awkward scene for sure um <laughs> but yeah all right. Well, in that case, uh, I will say um, thank you for uh, listening. As always, uh, we very much appreciate uh, appreciate it. The Benedict will start to hit me, I think. Um, but um, we remind you to keep it positive, keep it constructive. Love yourself, love your fellow horror fans. Uh, be kind to one another. It is, uh, you know, there's all kinds of shit going on, so we got to take care of each other as best we can. Um, and uh, we thank you again for listening. And so, uh, thank you very much. Good night. And oh, stay. Thank you, Mr. Devon. Oh, 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 oh.